So UFC 271 went down on Saturday night and Israel Adesanya retained his middleweight title in the rematch with Robert Whittaker in the co-main event. A surprise victory for Tai Tuivasa against hometown hero Derek Lewis. I'm here to give you my reaction to how things went down on Saturday night. But before I do, my name is Rahul Jaishan. This is the Battle Camp. Thank you very much for joining me. If you're new to the channel, please do consider subscribing. All right, look, now I personally didn't make, I don't know why I use the word personally so much because I, I use it, I overuse it and I use it in places where it's not necessary. <sighs> feel like I should start this again, but we're here now. We're 40 seconds in, so I'm not going to start. I'm going to continue from where we are. Now, I didn't make a preview video like I usually do for these big old events. And you know what it is? I personally coming into... See, again, I've said it again. I've said personally again. Um, I, I kind of... I don't know whether it's fatigue. I don't know whether it's... Too many events. I don't know what it is, but I didn't have that feeling of anticipation and excitement for 271 last week i don't know if anyone else felt like this like when i thought about the main event itself whitaker against adesanya i did i did have that kind of i did have that uh, a slight kind of excitement about it but not enough to make me want to watch uh for example and embedded as soon as it dropped last week and i can't quite put my finger on what it is because i understood in my mind the the quality of the fight that we were likely to see on saturday night i understood that these are by far the best the two best middleweights in that division by a long margin and they're gonna fight each other but for some reason i just i just struggled to to get excited about the event right now um the fight itself i'm not going to go into too much detail because i haven't made a preview video to kind of compare back to if that makes sense um but what i will say about the fight itself is it didn't surprise me that it went the distance, right? Because if we look back at the first fight, from um, Adesanya's point of view, that was that was the, the perfect performance, the perfect performance that he, he put in against Whitaker the first time they fought. It was in Whitaker's home country. I believe it was in a big stadium, if my memory's correct. He came out, he danced, wowed the crowds with his dance moves. He went in there and put in a clinical performance and got rid of Whitaker via brutal knockout. He knocked him out twice, as I've heard many people say in the past. He knocked him out in the first towards the end of the first round, and then he knocked him out again in the second round. Right? He put in he put in a performance that can't be topped. Like the, the, there's nothing that could have happened this time around that could have topped what happened the first time they fought. So he was already start, he was starting off in a lose-lose position, right? Um, Whitaker, on the other hand, going into the fight, I was quite, um, I, was, I was optimistic about his chances because of the way it felt as though he had dealt with the initial loss, uh, the way he had accepted the loss and his journey back to 
to get into this position to to challenge for the title again against Adesanya. Um, I just felt as though he was saying the right things. I felt as though he was quietly confident. He was confident, but not overconfident. He wasn't trying to overcompensate for any shortfalls that he felt he might have. He wasn't trying to be, you know, play a psychological game against Adesanya. He was being quite um, um, introspective and, and true, and, and it felt as though he was being vulnerable at times. And I just felt as though... I could believe every single word he was saying. I didn't feel as though he was he was trying to make us, uh, trying to convince us and himself in the process that he is a um, a different fighter and he's definitely going to win and stuff like that. Like we tend to see with fighters when it comes to a rematch when they convincingly lost the first fight, right? Um, it was quite refreshing to see how he dealt with the initial loss and how he spoke about the prospect of fighting Adesanya again. So what surprised me a little bit is when they did start fighting, I felt as though, I felt a little bit, what's the right way of saying this? I felt a bit underwhelmed by Robert Whittaker's performance because it felt as though he was almost devoid of ideas initially because he wasn't really making it, it to me it didn't feel as though there was a, a plan in place on the feet where this is how we're gonna this is how we're gonna deal with Adesanya's strengths uh this is how we're gonna um these are these are the tools that you're gonna use to win this fight whilst you're on the feet and initially, the first time he went in for takedowns, they were from way too far out. It was almost like a, a desperation move. And I felt at that point, has, has this moment come and overwhelmed Robert Whitaker For all of the, the, the progress it felt like he made outside of the cage, outside of the octagon, for all of the stuff that he said that convinced me about his potential of winning a rematch after losing the first fight so convincingly after all of that stuff all of those hours of interviews and press conferences and stuff that I've, I've watched him in um has the moment come and it's actually too big for Robert Whitaker. that's my initial kind of thought and obviously he got knocked down in the first round now two things can be true about this about any fight and and I feel as though this fight fits in that category um like i've heard people saying that it's it was a boring fight and i've heard people saying oh if you think it's boring then you don't know you don't know mma right you don't understand um the sport and and and, and there's two kind of different opinions and i feel as though they can both be true at the same time and what i mean by that is whilst i was watching the fight I was invested, I was interested, I was enthralled, I, 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 I couldn't take my eyes off the screen because I understood just how good both of these men are and I understood what was happening by way of both of them trying to work each other out and trying to find areas where they could take advantage and um, control the fight, if that makes sense. But 
at the same time, looking back on the action that I saw, it's it's not a fight that I can I can say like you know if my brother who's not that much into MMA says to me, oh tell me a good fight for me to watch, I'm not gonna say oh I'll tell you what you need to watch Israel Adesanya against Robert Whitaker too, right? Because looking back at it, I can see that it wasn't really the most exciting fight to watch. Do you get it? Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Now the reason why I'm saying all of this is whilst I was watching the fight, whilst I was watching the fight live, I wasn't scoring it as such because I'd had a few drinks um, the night before and um, yeah, I, I wasn't in the right headspace, let's just say, to sit there and try and watch a fight and, and try and score it uh, for YouTube afterwards. But whilst I was watching the fight, the the feeling, the sense, the impression that I got is Adesanya won. And the reason I say that is I felt as though um, w when it comes to jeopardy, when it comes to um, causing damage and the potential of finding a way to finish the fight, to me it felt as though the only person likely to do that is Adesanya. Now, I know that's not how you score a fight, right? You score a fight round by round on the merit of each round. But as the fight finished and the scores got read out and Ad Adesanya's hand got raised, I, I didn't really think anything of it. I, I kind of thought, okay, well, that makes sense, right? And then when Robert Whitaker said in the post-fight interview that he felt he'd done enough to win the fight, I was thinking to myself, that this, 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 this feels like a man who started the fight and it started really badly with a knockdown in the first round and he's had, um, he's made progress with his own confidence and mentally against a, an opponent that he knows is formidable, that he knows is a very, 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 very difficult man to beat. And by the end of it, either he's just overcompensating for because he knows he's fallen short and he's just doing the thing that fighters do where they say that they think they won when it's clear that they didn't. Or he genuinely feels like he's won because he's taken so much confidence from the positives that he's had in this fight, if that makes sense. So... When after the fight, I started seeing a lot of people on social media saying that they felt that Whitaker won. I think Justin Gaethje said it. I think um, Michael Chandler said it. Uh, BC, Brian Campbell from the Morning Combat was adamant that he felt that, well, adamant might be too strong, but he said that he scored it for, for Robert Whitaker and a few others. Um, I, 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 I must say I, I didn't I didn't feel like it was that close but then like I said I didn't watch it intently enough each round and say right that round I, f I feel Whitaker done enough or that round I feel Adesanya done enough and these are the reasons because to me it was just the vibe of the fight overall when it finished I felt as though Adesanya had won um but it was an interesting complex fight you could tell these are two two like you could tell during the fight that these are the two best guys in the division because the margins were so small and narrow and they both found it so difficult to 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 have any significant success in each round apart from the knockdown in the first round that Adesanya achieved and we're so used to seeing both of these men create 
spaces, opportunities to cause significant damage against other opposition in that division, right? So all in all, it was an enjoyable fight. Um, I can see why people thought it was boring. Um, I felt as though Adesanya won, although I didn't score it round by round. And looking back, I can kind of see why people would have thought Whitaker won. But for me, the takedowns, for me, the takedowns weren't enough, right? Because he, I didn't feel as though he did enough with the takedowns. Once he's done, what did he do? Um, and you know, I'm I'm not sure what the exact criteria criteria is to score a fight round by round. I don't know what the what the what the what the kind of this is the the order in which this is the order of importance of different different aspects of a fight. Because from from what I I understand, damage is the first thing that you score a fight on, right? Damage, and then I don't know whether it's a control aggression. I don't know how you how you map out everything else because. The damage part of the fight was relatively even. Um, but yeah, um, it was an, an entertaining enough fight. I, I wasn't surprised that it went the distance and I wasn't surprised it kind of uh, played out the way it did. I felt as though it would be a, a fight of narrow margins and that's what we got, right? Now, the co-main event is what really, really shocked me. Tied to Avasa against Derek Lewis. I felt as though Derek Lewis was just would just be too experienced. I felt as though Derek Lewis, um, um, with his experience, would be able to control his energy better than Taito Ivasa might be able to. And I felt as though Derek Lewis, Taito Ivasa is the type of opponent that Derek Lewis um, deals with on a regular basis because um, he's obviously a stand-up fighter. But I felt as though Taito Ivasa is, when he starts landing, he gets, he, he, he commits to his strikes, right? So um, the second he starts landing, he starts throwing combinations and flurries of strikes. And not always accuracy isn't always his strong point. And I felt as though Derek Lewis would be able to time Taito tie tie Ivasa coming in. And we all know Derek Lewis is extremely powerful. And I felt as though um, he'd be able to get the finish against Taito Ivasa. To be honest with you, I felt as though this was too much of a step up for Taito Ivasa, given his most recent opposition. Um, but... What a way! What a, what a way to prove a lot of people wrong. Because there was a there was a there was a point in I think the first round where either Derek Lewis went for the takedown or Taito Avasa went for the takedown, but the fight kind of ended up against the cage, and Derek Lewis ended up in in in, in the more commanding position. He had Tuivasa against the cage, and he landed flush two or three punches to the face, and Taito Avasa just took him. And people don't usually do that. So, so I, I was, that was very surprising for me. And um, you could see Taito Ivasa had improved significantly because he said in the post-fight press conference that he was told to be either all the way out or all the way in. And when he was all the way in, he committed to it and it turned into almost a, a grappling match. And, and uh, they were clinching a lot and things of that nature. And I wasn't really anticipating that before the fight. Um, the finish was good. It was definitive. Um, but the way that elbow landed, flush. Um, it was a bit sad to see Derek Lewis knocked out in that manner in his hometown, losing again in Houston, Texas. Houston strong, baby. Uh, I felt bad for him, man, because I'm a fan of Derek Lewis and I'm a fan of Taito of us. I'm a fan of both of them. Uh, what I'm not a fan of is the fact that Taito of gets the win. 
he wins the fight, and then there's no Shuey. How, Shui? How? Make that make sense. How the F do you spend all week talking to Tuya Vasa about his new product, the Shuey Vasa, talking to him, asking the same questions we've heard on multiple occasions about the shoey where does it come from why do you do it why do you need to spit does it have to be someone else's shoe can't it be your own shoe like it was so not this again like every single time he fights we hear the same stuff we hear the same questions about the shoey right i even saw this segment where it was laura sanko michael chiesa dc and one of the guy like a journalist type guy he's not a fighter doing shoeys and they were making tie to kind of grade their shoeys out of 10 or whatever and they all had brand new shoes which didn't make any sense um but yeah like they did a shoot like this is a this is a segment that for espn or ufc or whatever right but it's a it's a in-house production and I saw that and it comes to the fight. He's the underdog. It's the biggest fight of his career. He wins said fight in not just wins it. He wins it in spectacular fashion against the highest ranked opponent he's ever fought. And he doesn't do a shoey. Like that you don't let him do a shoey. Like that should just be a given at this point. It just, I, I, I was thinking, because at the time, like, he, he went off to celebrate, he did his little booby shake that he usually does, and then he, um, he went and sat on top of the, 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 the oxygen fence, and the camera was just on Derek Lewis with his head down after, you know, sitting on the stool, and I was thinking to myself, why are they showing Derek Lewis, man? Show Ty, he's going to do a shoey. He's going to do a shoey. And actually, the last time Ty Tuivasa fought, and he won, the director, whoever's in charge of, picking which camera to use at what point he messed it up as well just show us Taito Ivasa sitting on the cage waiting for someone to take their shoe off and throw it at him and waiting for a bear to be thrown towards him half of the fun is the anticipation the guy just kept cutting to random people in the crowd shit shit people that had a shoe in their hand and a beer in their hand and just 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 pour it in there and then do it don't sit there and wait for the camera to come on you and then when the camera comes on you, you you fluff your lines and you don't actually pour a drink in your shoe like it was so frustrating the last time and this is even worse they didn't even let him do a shoe i don't know whose call that was i don't know who decided that no so it's probably some fucking virgin from the from the commission that said no i'm, I'm no i'm sorry due to section 3.4 in the rule book um there is no alcohol consumed in or around the oxygen so uh, i'm sorry but ty you can't you can't do a shoey probably something like that but what a what a fucking fuck up um anyway the other thing fight that i quickly want to talk about because obviously it ties into the main event is jared cannonier defeating Derek brunson again via vicious elbows um not really much to say about this fight uh, I think Cannoneer was the, was the, I was nearly said expert, I think he was a favourite coming into the fight, and he showed us why, even though Derek Brunson um, looked good in the first round, uh, Jared Cannoneer took over and defeated Derek Brunson. Now, Derek Brunson's been on a purple patch, he's been winning fights that 
Um, people necessarily didn't think he was capable of winning. Um, he'd been a bit of a giant killer of late. I feel as though, um, I know obviously he beat uh, Darren Till, but prior to Darren Till, he beat Kevin Holland, yes, and he was the underdog against Kevin Holland, and he was the underdog against Edmund Shabazian. Now, <clears throat> Um, I'm not saying that those wins have aged badly. They're not. They're still very good wins. And um, I can see why he was the underdog. I can see the improvements that he's made of late. Um, but this was probably the last the last, the last, last run he was. he's going to have for a title shot, right? Given his age. I think he's 37 or something now. How old is he? 38. And... Yeah, he's lost to Jared, Jared, Jared Cannonier. And Jared Cannonier is a funny one because obviously he's recently lost to Robert Whitaker himself, has he not? Yeah, he has, which was back in what, 2020. is not that recent, but I mean, it's, you know, two fights ago, <clears throat> he lost to Robert Whitaker. So, like I said, the problem is these the two guys, Whitaker and Adesanya, are clearly so far ahead of the rest of the pack in that weight division. Um... The fact that he's lost to Whitaker so it, so recently in terms of uh, how his fights have lined up, and I'm talking about Cannonier here, um, it's not so detrimental because there's such a lack of uh, potential opponents for Israel Adesanya. So at the moment, it feels as though it's going to be Sean Strickland and Jared Cannonier. It's one of them two. Um... And I feel as though it should be Cannonier because I feel as though Cannonier's been fighting the top, the upper echelon of the division, whereas Sean Strickland hasn't. And I feel as though Sean Strickland needs to fight someone like a, I don't know, uh, Darren Till if he comes back. Although, how can we really justify Darren Till as a top five middleweight given his recent run? But, you know, uh, a Costa, a uh, Derek Brunson, someone like that. I think Sean Strickland needs one of those type of wins. Um, but yeah, all in all, an enjoyable event. I haven't even seen all the fights yet, if I'm honest with you. I'm still due to. I just haven't got around to it. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, I mean, st other stuff around the event itself. Super Bowl weekend. Um, I heard Ara Hawani saying that it wasn't necessarily um, great timing on the UFC's part, given all of the media attention being on Super Bowl and whatnot. And I, I personally try to watch the Super Bowl this year. Um, I've been slightly watching a bit of American football this season. I find myself kind of just watching it because it's usually on on a Sunday as I'm laying in bed and, and it's on. And I've kind of got to grips with the rules and I thought to myself, you know what? You know, I've, I've watched 10 minutes here, 20 minutes here, little snippets here and there. I thought to myself, you know what? Let's give it a go this year. Let's give it a go. Let's watch it a little bit. And... Um, I struggled, man. It's just way too many breaks and, and it keeps going back to the studio and analysts talking about stuff when you just want to see the, like that you already have quarters rather than halves, right? So there's already one, two, three breaks in the game itself. <coughs> and then on top of that, to keep having breaks within the actual each of the quarters, there's no need for it, Sway. You know, there's no need for it. And then the thing, the, the, the cherry on top that really, really annoyed me because LA Rams won. And if you're not aware, uh, if you're not aware, sorry, um, LA Rams owner, Stan Kroenke, however you say it, also owns the mighty Arsenal. And the Arsenal is obviously the team that I support. So I didn't know whether I should be supporting the Rams or whether I shouldn't be supporting the Rams because the Kroenkes haven't exactly been the best owners that we've had in our history. 
and I didn't know what would be the the better outcome for for um, for Arsenal, right? But the LA Rams won, and the trophy presentation ceremony was about to get underway, and I tell, this actually genuinely sickened me. It made me feel sick to my stomach. You've got you've got the manager or the coach there. You've got the the, the, the quarterback. You've got the MVP. You've got Donald, whoever that guy is. Donald, ah, he's got 30, 30, 33 sacks this season. Donald, man, he's never got a ring. And why do you get, these not get rings after winning a trophy? How, how, I, I couldn't think of anything worse. Give me a medal. Give me a medal. Don't give me a ring. I'm a sportsman. I'm not fucking Kim Kardashian. Do you know what I mean? But anyway, that's by the by. They, 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 the guy makes a little speech la rams are the winners of super bowl 54 or whatever it was 2022 when he picks up the trophy and he gives it to stan krawenke he gives it to the owner the owner the trophy gets presented to the owner of the team do you know how disgusting that is do you know how disgusting that is when you've got a playing squad of, I don't know, 40 players or something. You've got coaching team of 10, 15, because I don't know why they need so many coaches, but they clearly do. Every team has it, right? And you've got 50-odd grown men that have physically contributed to this team winning, and you give the trophy to the owner. The owner. He probably, he probably couldn't even name... 20 of those play of those players on that on that platform on that podium and for that reason i'm out like there's some positives about how americans present sport aka mma boxing but the commercialization of the nfl the way the way that is presented to us is is literally every nook and cranny has been exploited for 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 financial gain like everything every avenue potentially possible to make money has been explored and whatever money is available has been salvaged from that area and just the nerve the cheek of presenting the trophy to the owner i i felt like i felt like i felt like i was going to be sick i felt like i was going to be sick disgusting Horrible behaviour, horrible stuff that. But anyway, rant over about the NFL and the Super Bowl. But knowing me, this time next year, I'll be laying in bed at one o'clock in the morning watching, hey, the first quarter is just about to kick off. Oh, we got a punt down the 10 yard line, fourth down. All of these shit, that all of these things I don't understand. But I still, I still watch and half pay attention. But anyway, look, these are my thoughts about UFC 271 and for some reason Super Bowl. Um, Feel free to share your thoughts about the stuff that I've spoken about in this video. Um, I'd love to hear from you guys. Thank you. Thank you for watching. Feel free to share. Make sure you subscribe. Feel free to comment and definitely like. I'll catch you guys next time.